Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the August 17th version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, head soccer coach at Dulles South for the boys and girls, and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. And so I got my feet in both in both uh, venues, as most of us do. Anyhow, we always start off a show with the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, thanks for our annual journal meeting. Thanks for letting us letting it be one of the most successful ones I can ever remember. I pray now that uh, that spirit of cooperation that we had yesterday could permeate throughout the rank and file of Louisiana Soccer Association and the people involved in soccer in the LHSAA, that we can give you honor and glory and lead these kids to uh, more fruitful adulthood um, with with uh, with with really uh, using soccer as a background of how to deal with the stresses this world has to offer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, well, yesterday was the AGM, and I'm not going to bore you with all the details. Really, a lot of the details, if you were to watch the meeting, if you're just a rank-and-file member and not really a coaching director or administrator, a lot of this stuff is like yawn, you know. But the people who are really in the in, in the thick of making heavy-duty decisions as to tournaments, uh, uh, rules, uh, fees, and things of that nature. It, it, it's it's always a heated meeting. And yesterday we did it virtually, which sounds like it would have been a disaster. But, y'all, we had 77 votes. That's 77 representatives. Uh, that's either executive board members and clubs represented. I've never seen a number that high uh, I'm excited that in our next segment tonight, we're going to talk to Coach Sean Esker, who's the president of Louisiana Soccer Association. We're going to get his his uh, spin on what really the average rank-and-file person should take from, from the weekend. And I think it's really important that you hear from him uh, what he thinks. But I'm not going to shy away from telling you about what I think. Okay, uh, that's part and parcel of being the owner of this show. And, of course, we always want to know what you think. Just get in touch with us at Monday Night Football's uh, Facebook uh, feed or on Twitter, it's at the at sign M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. And let me hear what you have to think. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers tonight. So uh, I apologize in advance. My purpose is to unify soccer, not so much to ruffle feathers and disunify us, okay? Uh, but having said that, we're not a unified group. And uh, yesterday it looked, uh, we, could, we could see a little bit of the division. Uh, there are people in all type of demographics that are different all type of financial situations who are different and all kind of really focuses for their programs, which are different. Okay. And, uh, and we're all competing together for the same championships, uh, which is unique in our sport. Uh, baseball, I can't tell you how many associations they have in baseball and, uh, and in basketball, it's, it's, it's a different animal, uh, with AAU, um, um, going full tilt, but uh, AAU basketball and, and USA basketball and world basketball is a little different than us being affiliated with FIFA. So I, I think the way to, the, uh, we're the leaders of the world when it comes to um, uh, the governance of our sport, but it's not a, it's not a vanilla governance, y'all, uh, especially now in this COVID era. So look, I'm going to just try to give you a, um, 
uh, a little synopsis uh, of some of the particulars. I'm going to let Coach Esker talk to you about the, the overall picture. Okay, so I hope I don't make you yawn. But anyway, uh, Michael Silver has done a great job with the referees in the state. Uh, he reported that uh, we have eight, around 800 referees and numbers are down. But he's not really too concerned about it because a lot of it is uh, just a lot of people didn't recertify because of COVID. And, uh, and uh, U.S. soccer has gone, has gone above and beyond in the fact that they're allowing some of the certification to be done virtually, which who had ever thought about that um, uh, just months ago? Okay, so they're bending over backwards to try to keep referees in and try to keep them uh, educated. And so uh, uh, that's a good thing. The referees are in good hands. And we need them. If they're not in good hands, the game's not in good hands. All right, Brian Thorpe, who we had on the show two weeks ago. I hope you listened to that show. If not, go to Crescent City Sports or Anchor.fm and listen to it. It's always on. Anyhow, he just said that ODP is kind of on a pause right now, which is kind of a shame, but it's because of COVID. Um, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, cooperation now going with our ODP program and the NSCAA, which is now United Soccer Coaches, uh, which which they've done a bang up job during COVID trying to keep coaching education at, at, at a premium. And it's nice to see that they're not a rival, like trying to operate as a rival um, uh, group. Uh, that's all we need right now is groups coming in in competition with each other when we need to really kind of unify. I think okay. Um, uh, the, the, the report people were really listening for, though, was uh, really to hear um, Mr. Tucker's uh, analysis of what the Louisiana state government is, is doing. And look, LSA, because of, especially because of the, uh, baseball, which is being played as of right now, uh, it seemed like we were getting the short end of the stick being, um, being classified as a contact sport and baseball not being a contact sport, Okay. And, and uh, it's kind of ludicrous. I'm um, not saying that um, I'm, I think baseball is a contact sport. Anybody who's been hit by a pitch or anybody who's been put out at home or second base will tell you it's a contact sport. And you might not have contact that often. But when you do have contact, it could be catastrophic. And, and uh, there's no social distancing at the batter's box. And so it kind of was crazy that – if they could be playing, why can't we play? And and so he they wrote a very very well articulated art, uh, letter to the state government. And what um, Mr. Reynolds was, uh, I think I called him Mr. Tucker earlier. Sorry, Tucker. But anyway, Mr. Reynolds was able to tell us was that the state took us very very seriously. Okay, and uh, and and that's refreshing uh, that they did take us seriously. They could have just pawned the letter off on some, you know, subordinate uh, page uh, who was in training in the state office and just blew us off. But instead, they gave us full attention. And they basically told us one of their biggest regrets was allowing baseball to be played. Because now with the contact tracing, it's clear with the, with the data that a lot of the outbreaks we've been having are associated with the, with the uh, behavior of baseball in Louisiana. And if they could go back, they wouldn't allow baseball. So with that in mind... They are definitely not going to be in the mood for loosening anything up. If anything, if they could let, get that genie back in the bottle of baseball not being played, they would do so. And uh, and so that's where we're at right now. And so uh, the the fact that we're going to be playing soon is is a dream that's not well rooted. Okay, uh, uh, we're in phase two, which means there shouldn't be any soccer being played between any clubs in the state. 
Now, I know clubs are going to Mississippi and they're kind of just ignoring the data. And uh, we're going out there to play, which we can argue the ethics of that. Um, uh, it, might be, it might not be a bad argument to, to have. I uh, wish we were on a live show. We could maybe do that on Facebook Live if you're interested. Uh, but uh, the reality of it is we are in phase two. We're one of the hottest places in the world to catch COVID. And there's no way in the world our state leadership is going to loosen things up. I know the LHSAA is preparing for this uh, October 8th, uh, let's go uh, order that we're going to be in phase three and we can we can let loose. Uh, uh, I, I tend to be pessimistic of that. And I, I don't mean to be a doom and gloom kind of person, but um, right now I, I, I don't see it happening. I do see this, uh, especially at our school at Delosile. Uh, the, the hybrid model's working. It really is. Uh, so far, so good. And uh, we'll see if that can continue. But it depends if people are doing it as fanatic as, as, as schools like ours are doing it. I mean, we are fanatic with the distancing, with the, the, the divvying up of the, of the school size, class sizes. And uh, it's working like a charm so far. And uh, uh, and so if the CDC regulations are, are, are not going to be tightened up, the school is possible. Safe school is possible. We're going to see, though, two weeks from now. And uh, But whether or not we're going to loosen up to play contact football, I, I, I don't know, y'all. I'm really we're just waiting to see what happens with football. One of the executive board members said, let's wait and see what happens with LSU football. And uh, that's going to be the skinny right there. If LSU football is allowed to play, then – the gloves are going to come off. Uh, but if LSU football shuts it down, you can bank that high school football, high school volleyball is going to have to shut down. And then the high school dates and the club dates are going to have to be totally reshuffled. So um, right now, I'm sorry if you're tuning in to think that we are going to loosen things up. Okay. But um, if anything, uh, I don't see that happening anywhere in the near distant future. I I'm very much sorry about that, everybody. Okay. Um, now, uh, Jeff Morrow has done a great job as a finance director and he gets paid absolutely nothing to do CPA work. How many of y'all have a CPA doing your taxes for nothing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> call me if you have one, cause I can use one. <laughs> okay. And, so he, he broke down our financial situation, which should be dire with all this COVID. And LSA, I'd like to thank you all in public. I'm sounding like I'm a crony right now, but I'm really not. I'm a unifier, yes, but I do appreciate the fact that y'all are all understanding that a lot of the clubs that are smaller and even the bigger clubs generating revenue right now is really, really hard. It's hard to justify full tuition when all you can do is teach skills. Some people are getting away with it. Some people are not. Most people are not, you know, and uh, I'm still on the fence where I haven't started yet. And until I can get to phase three and when I can start doing some 4v4 work and uh, I, uh, that's just where I'm at. And I uh, soccer innovation. So I'm, I'm questioning that almost every hour of every day. And uh, I keep going back and forth with it. But anyway, Jeff Morrow came in and like the price, everything we have priced for the LCSL, which is most of us aren't in LCSL who are listening to the show. But for you who are in the LCSL, Louisiana Competitive Soccer League, okay, you're the people who are trying to play for a state championship and go to regionals. And, um, and it costs a lot of money to do that because our state picks up a lot of the bill for our teams that go to regionals. And not just our club teams, 
but our ODP teams too. Okay, and those coaches have got to get paid at the ODP level, and and bills have got to get paid. There are tournament fees. The clubs need to be paid rental fees for using their their facilities. We don't have a statewide, state-owned facility out there. So when we have a state tournament, we got to use Lafayette, New Orleans, uh, Baton Rouge, Lake Charles, uh, Shreveport, Alexandria's fields. Okay, and so um, they need to be recruited for that because there's damage on the fields and and so all the. There, there, there was basically uh, the net increase that LSA um, business office was trying to ask for for LCSL, not for the regulars, is for basically a five dollar family increase, and uh, which would help us to stay in the black. And they're projecting that in a couple of years, if we don't increase things by five dollars, now we're talking to people who are in LCSL. We're talking about people who pay upwards of three, four thousand dollars a year. Okay, to play to play for these teams, and so five dollars. Are we going to argue about that? And we kind of did, and uh, and but well, I think what was exposed is most of us don't want to go to our membership and say, well, the fees have increased um, because uh, a lot of the thought out there is that LSA is banking all this money, but if we don't increase everything by five dollars. Um, uh, Jeff was saying that we're going to probably be, and, and uh, Tucker also, that we're probably going to be negative 8000 in two years uh, doing things the way we're doing them now. All right, referees just got to pay increase, which they deserve. And uh, and so $5 a family for a family who's paying about four to 5000 a year? I don't know why we're arguing that, but I think the elephant in the room, and it stayed an elephant, we didn't, we didn't identify it, is that uh, parents are asking right now, especially, where's all this money going? What's it going for? And and uh, a lot of them are thinking or, or being misled to th- think that it's going to the state. And or it's, you know, but it, in reality, it's not the case. It's going for the club's expenses. OK, and every club is different what their expenses are. Some of their expenses are heavy towards tournament uh, fees and referees getting paid. And uh, and modest coaching salaries um, and uh, how you define modest, it depends on the model that you have. OK, um, but a lot a lot of these are to pay coaching directors, uh, executive directors. People are in charge. And, and for some of the clubs is to pay them a very high salary. OK, uh, which has probably been hard to collect lately. And, and so if you're going to go to your membership and say more fees have got to be collected, then that's going to be hard to swallow when the fees are high as it is. In my club, they're not going to be questioned because really, as a club, uh, I can't charge more no matter what. And, and I'm going to probably eat those fees. $5 for a player for a club like mine is going to hurt me drastically. All right. I already can't pay the bills as they are, and I wound up using my tithing money to pay it. But but uh, for a club who charges enough that all their b- bills are paid and that their coaches are paid, you know, it's going to get really tight and squeaky. So I- I'm personally not against the fees going up, uh, uh, but I am against the cost of soccer being as high as it is right now. It's still pay for play. Uh, if you want to, I have 90, what, 99 shows that you can hear me whine and complain about how this is the problem of our country going forward. But right now, our country is being powered by power clubs who charge exorbitant fees because they have to pay coaching directors who are highly trained and educated and expect to get paid those salaries. And they're paying their directors of coaches because they they are they are more qualified than a college coach. 
And uh, uh, and if you want to hear really a good conversation with uh, me and Brian Thorpe, go back to two episodes ago, uh, what we thought about how MLS should be getting involved to kind of defray all of this, okay? Uh, coaches get paid all around the world. Don't get me wrong on that. Uh, but uh, um, you have divisions one, two, and three with established clubs, you know, and things funneling down from those. So our money situation is not unified. It's a mess. And um, and LSA is kind of like in the middle of just trying to pay their own fees and getting caught up in the battle between parents who are complaining that they're spending too much money and not really knowing where their money's going or not really thinking it's justified to keep increasing the amount of money that they have to pay. Okay, so um, when it comes to your club, find out where the money's going. Everybody should be transparent. And then you have to ask yourself, do you feel like you're getting your money's worth? And hopefully the answer to all those questions is yes, I'm getting my money's worth. What I'm paying is is worth what I, what, uh, what my child is getting, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? And uh, I'd love to have that conversation one day to see uh, really where each club stands as opposed when it comes to uh, are the uh, is the product worth the price? Okay? All right. Um, other things that were passed uh, that were background checks were increased. Which, which is, I think is a good thing, okay? Um, and and uh, there was a, a motion 303.3 where this whole idea of these kids playing ping pong in cities where there are multiple clubs and needs to just stop or at least be limited more. And, uh, and then there, there was a good um, motion that sometimes teams have to travel four hours for a game and just to get to the game to find out that the referees weren't assigned. And there's got to be some accountability for that because how can you travel four hours to a place, travel four hours back, and not have a game being played in a league, okay? And so there's got to be some more accountability. If we want soccer to be taken seriously in the state, we have to take ourselves seriously and know that you just can't do that without consequences, okay? Each club has got to have not only an assigner, but a signer who is competent and they can do their jobs. So... um. Anyhow, if you want to look at the minutes, I'm sure the minutes are going to be published on LSA. Uh, if you want to hear the brief, the brevity of, of, of the of the uh, L, of the AGM, you can listen to Sean Esker uh, after our break to pay our own bills, um, which which are extensive. Okay. Anyhow, and uh, and then we'll just continue to keep on keeping on. Okay. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned is there was some talk about a, maybe a phase 2.5. Now, phase 2.5, maybe we can go to where we thought we were going to be at the end of July. You know, maybe some 4v4 work or something like that. And uh, right now it's still up in the air as to what that will be. Uh, but at least the state's listening and is sensitive to our needs. And I think what we need to watch our, get, keep our eyes focused on is not what happens with Louisiana baseball, but what happens without Louisiana football. And I think LSU is the, uh, is the elephant in that room. Okay, let's see what happens. Right now, i got a football team practicing right outside my window. Okay, not practicing football, but doing cross-training in hopes that they can practice football one day. And uh, But right now, that, that is uh, not happening. Okay, so let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Coach Esker. Uh, uh, what a wonderful guy. On Monday Night Football, we'll uh, see you after the break. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're really pleased to have the president of LSA with us, Coach Sean Esker. Welcome to the show, Coach. 
I really uh, appreciate uh, everybody around the state getting to hear from the horse's mouth exactly what happened Sunday. What are the things that we think the average coach and uh, average parent should take away from this weekend's uh, developments? Uh, I think this weekend, you know, first of all, it was great to have uh, some good attendance. The first time we had to do anything virtually um, for this, but uh, certainly not the first time anybody's had a virtual meeting these days. You know, I think it's... Um, the, the typical coach or, or parent is just going to take away the fact that, you know, we're still trying to look out for the kids as best we can. As you know, we passed some of those additional measures about background checks and, and so forth and trying to make things as simple as we can for whenever we're able to get back on the field. Yeah. You, you said it right there. And, uh, and I, I felt, uh, I don't know if anybody did the, uh, uh, backtrack of all the attendance records that we've ever had, but I think this is the best attended AGM ever. Uh, well, again, I don't know that we actually keep official records for that, but it's certainly the numbers in terms of the um, you know votes that were necessary for a, a majority and a two-thirds were the highest I can remember. That's that's for that's for sure. So again, it's nice that people um, took the time to participate on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I guess being able to do it from your home. Uh, has its benefits, but you know it's good to be able to participate in something like that. And we like to hear from um, our member clubs throughout the state. I think I think what I took out from this too was there's a lot of coaches out there who should know better that think that your salary is six figures. And uh, you've said this before. <laughs> you said this before on the show, but I think people need to hear what is what is what are the executive board? What is the average salary for them? Uh, zero. Exactly. Uh, everybody who works on our executive board, from me to the members at large, and everybody in between, uh, you know, we're we're volunteering our, our time to be able to do that because it's something we want to be able to give back. Uh, you know, one of the things, especially that we highlighted, um, our treasurer uh, Jeff Moyle, who was reelected, is uh, a CPA, and he donates a number of services to LSA. That prior to Jeff coming aboard, we were spending an awful lot of money. Um, doing just to make sure that we're doing the right things with the players and the parents' money. And for Jeff to be able to be willing to donate his time and his services to us, so that is a, a huge plus for us as an organization, as a nonprofit, but also it's a huge plus for the parents as well because it means we're not having to spend that kind of money on those kind of services. I, I don't even want to imagine how much money he could charge us for what he does for us. It's got to be significant. I don't <laughs> want to imagine it. I can tell you... <laughs> We used to pay several thousand dollars for accounting services like that before. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he wanted to give us a bill, um, it'd be well worth it. But again, it's just something that we, uh, you know, money you spend on that is money you can't spend on something else. Right. And like, you know me, I'm an advocate of keeping the price for soccer low. But but uh, without the staff being funded, we just can't do this. And it seems to me that a lot of people are upset. The fact that y'all just trying to hire just somebody else at, what, 12000 a year? Yeah, we're trying to at least come in with a part-time position, try and make this more of um, a simple task. You know, you don't want to um, make it too hard for people when they do need your, your help. They do need our, our services. And one of the things that we strive to tell people is, you know, we do have, uh, again, our state office and people who can assist. You want people to be able to assist them rather than saying, well, you got to get in the, get in the line and you can't reach us today. So we're trying to, um, use a, uh, 
some of the money to fund a part-time position to, again, make us more accessible and deliver some better value to everybody. Amen. Uh, you have our support here. And uh, we had some good news for referees. You want to share that? Yes. The referee fees um, increase for LCSL and state tournament games was approved. Uh, it's their first fee uh, increase since 2009 for this. Uh, it does not go into effect until the 21-22 uh, season of the year. We wanted to give people... Uh, one, a chance to plan for this, but two, with so much uncertainty surrounding this year, this wasn't a good time to say um, that it was going to be effective now. But yeah, so across the board, the referees are going to get a raise then, and then we already um, factored in another step to that that'll take effect in 23. So, uh, you know, one of the things we joked about that was that by making a raise effective in 23, that <laughs> that uh, financial burden may be uh, something that all of our successors will be saying, what did these guys, from, from executive committee members to club leaders, like what did these guys agree to three years ago? Um, it just seems funny to be talking about uh, fees in 2023. It's not that far off, but we tried to at least put it in as a, as a step increase rather than doing it all at once. Well, the thing is, though, whether we like it or not, I mean, you, you disagree with me if you want to. It seems to me that we're trying to recruit referees, but we're not recruiting enough of them. And this might help, don't you think? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a challenge. I mean, um, they have to want to go through the process. I mean, U.S. Soccer changed the process some to where it's just online and then there's a little bit in person uh, for the typical stuff. I know Michael Silver, our referee committee chair, said that, uh, you know, this online stuff is still around right now and they can do the virtual component um, to the field work. Um, so there's no real excuse for that, but it's just a matter of not only – uh, recruiting the referees, but then making sure the referees who are available. You know, it's great to recruit some current players who want to become referees, but if those players are traveling um, every weekend or every other weekend, it doesn't necessarily make a big dent in the referee um, challenges just because you have a certain referee you can't referee. Right. So we need to find some referees who are willing to take on the challenge and who are able to be assigned on a weekly or every other week or some kind of regular basis to where they're actually, um, you know, putting in some regular work. But, you know, it's just a matter of um, trying to do it and trying to get our existing referees to really show coaches and the current players uh, who may be looking for something to do after they, they step aside from playing or coaching or whatever, that this is something that they can and, and would want to do, um, you know, show them that this is a worthwhile way to continue um, having an impact on the game. Good. And before we let you go, look, yesterday I couldn't help but think this, that uh, uh, an AGM in person is, 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 is warranted. There's nothing like it, and yesterday didn't replace it. But it did show that uh, we get more of these people from, from far, far away coming to the meeting and come, at least hearing everything uh, as it's going down. And uh, do you think there's any possibility we could have, like, sub-AGMs or stuff like that in the future or sub-meetings? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's something that we would definitely look at, just like you said, because of the fact that we did have such good attendance. Um, I think as long as we have materials to share and, and so forth, then having those kind of um, gatherings... Um, with more people being used to the technology and everything is good. I think that's the challenge for any of these is to 
value people's time and make sure that if you're going to ask them to be part of this and give up their time, whatever time it is, Sunday afternoon or Monday night, you know, whatever, that you make it worth it their while. So I think we can do that, try and reach more people. It's just a matter of being able to deliver them some, some good value for their time. Excellent. Well, look, you have the mic. Uh, anything you want to say to the general public, especially about this COVID situation we're in? Oh, shoot. It's up <laughs> no, to you. Man, I think um, <laughs> so much to think it's all the time. No, I mean, I think the thing is that, you know, we're, uh, we're all kind of in the same place. Um, yeah. We're eager to get back out on the field, and, and we're just waiting to see, um, you know, what our, our leaders in state as well as local government are going to, are going to do. Um, for that, we've done, uh, I think, what we can in terms of making sure they're aware of, of the precautions that we feel are already in place uh, and would be in place uh, if soccer were to return on a bigger scale. But in the meantime, you know, it's just a matter, again, of, of doing what everybody else tells you, just as, as people and as good neighbors, you know, stay healthy and, and follow their recommendations. And um, hopefully we'll see each other on the other side of this sooner rather than later. Well, Coach, I know that you're a really busy man and you have a family. I appreciate you taking even more time. And I wish I could send you six figures for the interview, but I think they would have to be in pesos. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a great no, night. I appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. Take care. Uh, thank you. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, what y'all don't know is that he was giving up some precious time because he was with his son uh, who was playing baseball and, and – uh, uh, they're still allowing baseball at the club level, but but uh, we'll see how that goes on as time passes, you know? But anyway, uh, we appreciate the fact that he just took the time to come on. And I think you all need to realize that that uh, that a full-time job is a full-time job. I mean, a, a, there's a lot of coaches out here uh, in the club world that soccer is their full-time job. Well, in the executive committee, that's not the case. A lot of these guys... Uh, have different professions, and uh, and they're kind of put in the hot seat to 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 mediate uh, between the needs of the membership and uh, and conflicts that everybody brings to the table, and it costs a valuable amount of time. And y'all, whether you like it or not, I know I'm for taking the price of soccer down, but time is money, and uh, uh, and time is precious, especially on a Sunday. All right. Uh, I'm very against working on Sundays unless you have to, but it's kind of like we have to because most of these guys have jobs on Monday and uh, and can't really spend the time at, at that time of the day uh, having a serious meeting about what we, the, this game we love so much. So my hat's off to all the executive board that's that's uh, on, on task. Most of the people who were elected to the executive board almost all the time run unopposed because it's a thankless job. And I would say that uh, I hope that Monday Night Football has done its part in thanking all of them for the work that they really do. Uh, when I first got into soccer, I, th I thought it was uh, uh, that the money was was flowing everywhere, but it's not the case. The big clubs, there's money flowing to coaching directors, but everywhere else, it's it's a different animal, uh, some, and very different between clubs. You can't really clump all the small clubs together. Okay, some directors are making money, some directors are losing money. Uh, I'm one of those where my focus isn't making money. My focus is to make uh, um, kids' lives better. 
and, and to use soccer as an avenue to do that. So uh, we will always have that conversation here. Uh, but whether or not we could operate without a state association, I think it's obvious that we would never get along with each other without it. Like if, without, if we wouldn't have had Coach Esker at the meeting Sunday, that meeting could have gone five, six hours. Okay, but uh, he was able to keep things in perspective and uh, and really put they put a lot of the pressure on us to just do the next right thing. Like he says, be good neighbors. And uh, I think that is a vital, vital thing to think about, um, despite your religious background and your political background. We just need to be good neighbors. I mean, this is the most diverse sport in the world. And uh, we really need to be the leader in the world and showing that people of all backgrounds can get along. Okay, um, so anyhow, that's my soapbox for this week on Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer. Um, I hope to see you next week with some good news with COVID. Uh, but I'm kind of a realist too. I heard Casey Kasem say last night, "Keep your feet on the ground, but keep your eyes on the stars," or something like that, or keep dreaming for the stars. And I think that's a really good approach. Um, I'm hoping for phase three, but. Uh, my feet are on the ground, okay? Well, let's see what happens next week. And anyway, no matter what happens, we'll be with you, God willing, on Monday Night Football. You've also used soccer. This is Coach Alan DeRitter. Let us know what you think on Monday Night Football's Twitter feed or on our Facebook page at MNFUTBOL. God bless you and your family. Carpe diem in Christ. Bye-bye.